Help defend the church by becoming a supporter of Family Life International. Your contributions enable us to continue our work to promote the faith, defend the family and promote the sanctity of life. Make a real difference today. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk slash donate. Ave Maria. Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Our Lady Fatima. What is first in intention is last in execution. What we first think of that we wish to do, that is the last thing that we actually do. In between, we make preparations so that we might complete, fulfill what we intend. And this is the approach that the God took in the creation. We know that after the sixth day, his last act of creation was Adam. Everything had been prepared for the creation of Adam. Therefore, his intention was to create the man. Yet he continued because he saw that the man by himself was not good. And so he created the woman, which is really the crown of his creation. Yet the woman had a purpose. She was to be the means by which God would populate the world, by which God would create other creatures like Adam, made in his own image and likeness. At the same time, there was a particular woman that God had in mind. It was not Eve. This woman was to be the means by which God himself would enter into his creation. She would be the means by which God would become man. And certainly when God revealed this to the angels, that they would have to worship him, God, under the appearance of human nature or in human nature, the angels rebelled. But the rebellion could not touch God. And so the archangel, Lucifer, decided to destroy God's plan by, in fact, declaring war on the woman, attacking the woman. But he'd made a fatal mistake. And again, we can use scripture to see how that mistake could come about. God had established the people in Israel, in Palestine, in the Promised Land. They demanded a king. God gave them a king. Or rather, they chose a king for themselves in the person of Saul. Saul was not faithful. And because of his disobedience, God said to the prophet Samuel that he has rejected Saul and Samuel, he Samuel, is to choose another king, one after his own heart. 
So Samuel was told to go and visit Jesse of Bethlehem. Samuel knew that one of Jesse's sons was chosen by God. And so when he went to Jesse and Jesse presented his first son, Samuel was impressed and said, this is the one. And God said, no, I've rejected him. I do not judge as man judges. Man judges on the outside, but God judges the heart. And so for each of Jesse's sons, Samuel, um, Samuel the prophet was thinking it is one of these. And God said, no. It's only when a young boy, 12 years old, was presented that God had to tell Samuel, this is the one. Well, something similar perhaps happened to Lucifer. He knew, it were, he knew there was a woman, but he didn't know who the woman was. And so when the first woman appeared, he says, ah, this is the one. And in attacking her, deceiving her, leading her into rebellion, the war began between hell and us. The Lord punished the, 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 the serpent. I put enmity between you and the woman. And so we ask the question, which woman? We get glimpses, indications of who the woman is throughout scripture. But we know definitively, definitely who the woman is in our Lord's 30th year. There's a wedding feast at Cana. The mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also had been invited. We're told that they ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. What does our Lord respond? This is, I think, the second time he speaks to his mother. The first time he spoke to, in, in the scriptures, the first time he spoke to her, it was in the temple when he would, was 12 years old. And his mother said, my son, why have you done this to me? Your father and I have been looking for you, sorrowing. And his response was, why were you looking for me? Did you not know I must be about my father's business? We're told they didn't understand, but he went down to Nazareth and was obedient to them for the next 18 years. But now in his 30th year, his mother says to him, they have no wine. What's his response? Woman, what is this concern of yours to me? What does it matter to me? Don't you know my hour has not yet come? And so he calls her woman to bring us back to Eden. I put enmity between you and the woman, your seed and her seed. Christ is the seed of the virgin. And what does the woman say? She doesn't speak to him again, 
She speaks rather to servants, do whatever he tells you. She speaks to us, do whatever he tells you. Her trust in him was complete. He had said to her, my hour has not yet come. By her saying, do whatever he tells you, she was in fact advancing the hour. The hour would come some three years later. He spoke in the last few months and weeks and days before his passion of the hour. This is the hour, the hour has come. This is your hour, it's the hour of darkness. And so on the cross, when the hour has finally arrived, at the foot of his cross stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and the disciple whom he loved. And Jesus, looking down, saw his mother and said, Woman, behold your son. And to the disciple, behold your mother. So this is the woman whom God had predicted would crush the head of the serpent. And more important, this is the woman whom God had foreordained from all eternity. This is the woman God had foreordained to be his own mother. It is for her that all things were made. For her. For her because she was to be the mother of God's only begotten Son. And since all things were made for Christ, St. Paul tells us this, necessarily Christ became man for her to be his mother. And here we have a, truly a great wonder, a marvel. In the Song of Songs, we read in the sixth chapter, who is this, who is she, that comes forth as the morning rising, bright as the sun, fair as the moon, terrible as an army set in battle array? It is the woman. It is her glorious assumption into heaven. All the angels who remain faithful rejoice because she comes as a column of smoke with the finest incense, again from the Canticle of Canticles, the Song of Songs. Who is this that comes? In the Apocalypse, we read again of the woman. St. John tells us in the end of the 11th chapter, God's heaven was open and the temple could be seen, the tabernacle could be seen, and the ark of the covenant could be seen. And then immediately he says a great sign, a woman clothed with the sun, standing on the moon with a crown of 12 stars. She is in labor about to bring forth its son, the son who would be the ruler of all nations. And so we have, again, the same description, dressed with the son. In other words, almost divine attributes, yet she's not God, but God's most perfect 
creation. At the cross, our Lord made all of us her children. By his death, by his resurrection, through baptism, we have been made his mother's other children. Behold your son, behold your children. And she, we're told, is kept close by those who are truly disciples of Christ. So much so that again we find her where? At the very birth of the church. We're told that the apostles gathered together with Mary in the upper room and the Holy Spirit descended. When he descended, what happened? He appeared as tongues of parted flame. Well, the question is, parted from whom? The Holy Spirit, we're told by the angel Gabriel, the Holy Spirit will descend upon you, and that which you conceive in your womb will be called Holy, the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit first descended on Our Lady at the Incarnation, so that she might conceive and bear a son, the son who is also God. Now at Pentecost, when the son's mystical body, the church is to be born, once more the Holy Spirit descends. And then separating and appearing above the head of each of the apostles and the disciples, the church is born. A church in which each and every one of us is a firstborn son. Yet, we are children of Mary, who is the mother of Jesus. And so we share this common maternity. Christ is the head of his mystical body, the church. We are the members. As he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. But joining the head to the body is the neck. And Our Lady is the neck of the church. She's the one who links the head to the members so that she can be called a column. Again, from the Song of Songs. Since she is the woman, the woman of Revelation, and since she is the mother of Jesus, and consequently the mother of God, and because Jesus has made her to be our mother also, we can turn to her with confidence. For she is the one who intercedes for us in the order of grace. Christ intercedes for us in the order of redemption. But in the order of grace, Our Lady is there interceding, pouring out on us God's mercy. She came to Fatima, dressed, clothed in the sun. The children described as brilliant. She came to warn us of the times, these very times in which we live, in which the serpent, the dragon, the ancient foe, is angry and hungry. He knows his time is short, and he wishes to seize as many souls as possible. Let us then turn to Our Lady. Let us ask her intercession, wearing her scapula, a sure defense. Let us ask her to give us those graces necessary for us to remain faithful to our baptismal innocence.
faithful to our baptismal promises, faithful to Christ, in whom, through baptism, we have been incorporated. Let us ask her to intercede for us and to obtain for us that special gift of perseverance, believing till the very end. If we do this, we need not fear the serpent, for he has already been defeated. Let us not fear the battle then, but let us bravely profess our faith in Christ Jesus, to whom be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Ave Maria. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm -hmm.